The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the program. And this week, FETCON is getting very close, and I'm so looking forward to meeting so many of my former guests. And if you're going to be there, please make sure you get in touch with me, as I would love to connect with you. On this edition of the show, we get to visit with two amazing women who have gone through their journey separately, but have come together in sisterhood to discover their future in the lifestyle and how the term slut is redefined. Scarlet, or salacious Scarlet to her friends, is a woman becoming, becoming sexually empowered, becoming whole within herself, and becoming an inspiring leader with a servant heart. Scarlett has been on a mindful journey of sexual exploration for most of her adult life that includes forays into kink and disclosed non-monogamy in several evolving dynamics. She began chronicling her journey into the cuckold dynamic on her blog, Cuckoldress Musings, nearly two years ago. Since sharing her experience in cuckoldry, and joining the vibrant online community, Scarlett has been an invited guest on several lifestyle podcasts. Scarlett's greatest passion is empowering other women to step into their inherent sexual agency and to hold space for the women in their life as they encounter their unique and individual style of sexual power. Anya is the host of the Sexualchemy podcast and states the following, There are many descriptors for me, mother, wife, sister, friend, lawyer, executive, coach, lover, slut, spiritualist, shaman in training, all equally true, and beloved hats that I wear. Previously, all of these descriptors needed to stand alone, in silos, under the protection of lock and key, so as not to mix and match. Today, it is the very mixing of all of these parts of me that has caused my alchemization. I am no longer your run-of-the-mill bored professional and housewife. Through the process of my sexual alchemy, I now claim and celebrate the wholly integrated woman that has always been my birthright. I am all of those things and more, and it is my greatest desire to share my story 
and the stories of others I meet who have gone through similar transformations. The words of Anya. Scarlett and Anya have been developing the Slut Sisters, an intentional community of sexually liberated, unshamed and transformed femme-identifying folks seeking to deepen their experience with their unique sexual expression. Anya and Scarlett, the Slut Sisters, on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. Anya, first time you had an inkling that sex was going to be more than just something you enjoy. Pretty early. Um, I did not have many vices growing up. I was not a bad girl. I did not drink. I didn't do drugs. I didn't get into anything that I quote unquote, wasn't supposed to except sex. (laughs) Sex was the one thing that I really enjoyed and had a hard time saying no to from, from pretty young. And when I say pretty young, I grew up in a very conservative environment in the middle of the country, United States. Bible Belt area. And I think I had sex for the first time at, I think I was actually 17. I may not have been quite 17 yet, but I think I was around that age. And so compared to my peers, that was quite young. I don't know national averages or whatever, but we're talking back in like 1994, 1993, you know, that was pretty young, at least where I grew up. So I would say young. Scarlett, same question. Man, I would, I would say for myself, probably my first orgasm was such a Mm. powerful experience for me uh, and overtook me with such a quaking power. I immediately recall, and I was, I was pretty young. I was probably 13. I I don't believe that a lot of young women experience masturbation at the same ages as, as young men. And so it certainly, um, you know, came upon me. I didn't even know that pleasuring myself or touching myself would lead to such a, you know, crescendo. Um, And so when that happened, my immediate thought was, oh my goodness, I want to experience this again. (laughs) And so I did and continue to. (laughs) Anya, first time you ever heard the term cuckolding and what you thought it was? You know, if it was in my awareness ever prior to the conversation that I had with E on Valentine's Day of 2019, I don't remember. So it was through our initial conversations about exploring a female-led relationship dynamic that took me down the rabbit hole of the world of femdom and cuckolding and everything. And that's where I learned the term and understood that that was the term for what E had approached me with. You're going to hear a very similar story, John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I I actually think that's quite quite prescient to what we'll be discussing in a little Mm -hmm. bit. But yeah, Mm -hmm. my current partner, brought that word into my vernacular and my world uh, when he expressed that it was part of 
his sexual desires. Um, and it's such a, it's such a stinging word that I was immediately fascinated by it. It's German, it's harsh. Uh, and so I knew that it was something that must have some kind of, of inherent power uh, in the dynamic. And so that was my first impression. It really, it really hit me across my face the first time I heard it cuckolding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anya, the first time you felt dominant mm. in whatever form that may take. So, of course, the first thing that came to mind was dominant sexually. But the thought that occurred right after that was, no, I have encountered within myself holy feminine rage a few points in my life before like Kali rage <laughs> um goddess Kali and I think for me it's it's those circumstances that I can think of um one that comes to mind pretty poignantly was learning about my first husband's you know extramarital activities that I was unaware of up to that point. And I, something just like overcame and overtook me. And I became this embodied dominant woman who not only was going to stand up for herself, but was also willing to exact punishment from another. Um, so that was one moment in time that I remember my dominance really stepping forth, but in a more fun and lighthearted or not lighthearted sexual way, uh, I would say it was absolutely exploring with E that aspect of myself sometime in the last few years. And there have been times that have just really kind of taken my own breath away. I've gotten lost in a personification of an embodied dominant woman. And that has been a lot of fun. Scarlett. Oh my goodness. That is a hard answer to follow. <laughs> um, my encounters with uh, my own stylized, just this Scarlett's dominance um, have been quite varied as well. Um, my first encounter with that burgeoning within myself has probably actually always related to my experiences sexually with other women. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that one of the greatest moments of, of my dominance emerging was before I encountered male submission, which is just so delicious and just brings out uh, a firmness in me. But uh, I ha had fallen in love. My first love was uh, my college roommate. And we, uh, when we were really young, I believe we had feelings for each other, but neither of us were in a, a place where being you know, sexual with one another felt safe or um, just felt right for us at that point in our lives. We each were in our own relationships at that time. Um, but a couple of years ago, nearly 10 years after we had seen each other, we went 10 years without seeing each other. Uh, we met again in New York City. And at some point over dinner, I just leaned over and whispered in her ear, I want you and I'm going to have you tonight. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's precisely what happened. And it was just a real mountaintop moment for me that really made me realize I can manifest these experiences that I have so long pined over and desired, and I can do it on my terms. So oh, I'm a little swept away. <laughs> I'm a little swept away too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anya, the first time you recorded a podcast and when you finished recording it, realized that it had more of an effect on you than you could have ever imagined. So, I mean, it wasn't terribly long ago, but well, okay, a couple of different things. I had a non-lifestyle podcast prior to my own show and prior to getting on a circuit of other people's shows within the lifestyle. So I always enjoyed recording my vanilla podcast. It was great fun, but it's different. And the first time I recorded as Anya <clears throat> was on a podcast called True Sex and Wild Love with Dr. Wednesday Martin and Whitney Miller. And it was the first time I told my story and I was my heart was a flutter. I was Twitter pated. <laughs> like everything in me was so excited to be talking about this and to be at the table where conversation was happening around sex and sexuality in a public forum. And I had I had wanted to have my own lifestyle show for a little while, but after I put that out, I knew I wasn't going to be able to extinguish that flame. Scarlett, first time you wrote a blog that you realized had more of an effect on you than just simply tapping keys on a keyboard. You know, I wrote a, a post last year uh, called Cuckolding from Abundance, and it really was a very embodied piece of writing. I, uh, I've come to learn about myself that as much as I love speaking my truth uh, and speaking truth to power, I also have this amazing way of narrating my inner world through written word. And writing that post um, was something that was so both aspirational and validating for me and where I was in my journey at that time and in my journey in relationship and seeing what it did for others um, when they read that post, just feeling the people that it touched um, and also just forcing myself to continue to see life from an abundance mindset in all of my, the aspects of myself and all relationships and all aspirations and goals and pursuits. Um, so it had that effect on me because in creating it, I really set the bar for myself to model and live it. Anya, the Genesis or the first time you thought about forming the Slut Sisters. <laughs> Oh, Lord. It was so organic. <clears throat> it had to be Vegas, right, babe? Oh, yeah. Or, sure. I mean, that sure. was the genesis of it. Um, but I will say, okay, so we 
took our slutscapades on the road about a year ago and had a phenomenal time. But what really crystallized it, and I think I don't want to speak for both of us, but this is going to be the same answer, is mm-hmm. it was firmly crystallized for us last early November, late October, whenever Splash Mocha Houston was. And we had what we called the Dirty Dozen um, of the original like kind of 12 slut sisters who decided we were going to show up with these bags and paraphernalia and t-shirts and kits and everything. And we, in our minds, <laughs> we were legends in our own minds. I think that it felt very, very transformative for our own experience there. And certainly it wasn't, it didn't even impact a lot of people at Splash, but for the women who were a part of that group, we knew that it was something special and we knew that it had to become something more, more formalized, more crystallized. When Slut Sisters came into, you know, our, our brains just completely organically, like Anya had said, Um, You know, one never knows when we stumble into something really good, whether it like you've just done something right in another lifetime to discover somebody who sees you so clearly uh, and withhold you with such like care and love and concern in a friendship. And to just as Anya said, to see that magnified and expanded to such a degree among the dirty dozen, among our 12 wonderful sex, sex slut sisters who are all so unique. We are, we are not all from the same walks of life. We're not from the same area. We're not in the same relationship containers, but we see each other and celebrate one another. And coming from the backgrounds that many of us come from, that is not a common occurrence. Uh, to have women who are 100% your cheerleaders, 100% in your corner constantly. And so to see that that happened, you know, Anya and I have just been receiving one after another, just signs from the universe that this sisterhood is needed, it's important, it matters, uh, and it's really shifting and making a difference. Every email that I get in my inbox uh, from a woman just beginning to have an encounter with her burgeoning sexual power, uh, to know that there is a place for you. (laughs) There's a place for you. Come along with us Mm -hmm. uh, has been incredible. So, uh, and it has changed and evolved quite a bit. That's why it's a hard, a harder question to answer than you may realize, John, because, uh, you know, we've, we've gone through quite, quite a, a, a transformation with this. Um, and we are just so excited to bring it into the world. And we will talk more about it when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want with Anya and Scarlett in a moment. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. 
Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hello, all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexualchemy. And I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little sliver of the world, talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out and I hope you become part of my little community that I love so much. Join Anya for Sexualchemy and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexualchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing Winter Fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Lord, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program, joined by the women behind the slut sisters, Anya and Scarlett. So Anya, you mentioned in our first five, the story of how you came to be, your origin story. Can you give us a, I'm not going to call it a Reader's Digest version, but kind of give us a an inkling as to what that was? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it started obviously prior to our little road trip together that we took last year. And, and I would say the, the very genesis of it all was when she and I met on a happy hour together. Um, we had instant chemistry between Scarlett and myself, and we knew that there was like 
at the very least, like some level of like sexual attraction and undercurrent between us, but also like really there was just something there. There was, there was meat on this bone that we needed to figure out what it was. And so within a few months of that, I think, I don't know my timelines. You might have to help me readers digest version. We got together in person. My husband decided that Scarlett and I needed a weekend. I went down to visit her. She had planned a lot of fun things for us that weekend. And we had an amazing time just as we knew we would. And so we were like, okay, this needs to happen again. Like we need to, we need to do this again. And so we took a trip to Vegas together and that trip, putting all the actual, you know, kind of sexual energy and all of that aside, what we got that weekend was the establishment of a sisterhood between the two of us or a continuation of what had been established. And, and what that weekend ended up being, because it wasn't even as crazy and wild as we imagined it might be, uh, one note pro tip to people going to Vegas, it's really hard to get people to not flake on you. Uh, Vegas is notorious for people in the lifestyle scene not following through. And that happened to us. And we actually just made the best of it and had the very best time between the two of us. And we knew from the hours spent floating on, you know, floating on in the pools and in, you know, having drinks together and in talking and over food and late night in bed. Like what we discovered is that we each had a reservoir of, of helpfulness and love and care for one another, like inside of ourselves that we knew was supporting the other and was feeling deeply nourishing to each of us. And so from that moment, we took that and we, you know, took it on the road. We went to our first splash together and then we went to another splash. And um, in general, we just knew that what we had struck up in one another needed to be shared. And I think that's what I'll leave it at. And I'm sure she'll be able to add more. Yeah. Uh, Anya is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. (laughs) And I mean, she has uh, a capacity to bring depth and meaning and see significance uh, in some of the most frivolous (laughs) situations in just, in just good, lighthearted fun. She is constantly bringing me deeper Uh, And I so appreciate that because I too long to like have a life full of purpose, but I also like to let loose and just have fun and have the time of my life. So that balance that we found, because I know in my life experience, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this as, as um, you know, a woman growing up in patriarchal sisters of power, women wound one another. We, we, um, have sister wounds. We have mother wounds. Um, we have strained relationships with other women, um, who, you know, may have, it may have been because there was fierce competition or it may have been because there was, you know, contrived jealousy. Um, so to feel none of that, none of it (laughs) in a friendship, with another woman, um, you know, was just incredible for me. And it is what I have truly like long sought in lifestyle, uh, relationships 
it's what I have wanted to see. I've always been that woman that is like cheering on other women when they are having fun and enjoying themselves uh, because it is so rare to see women be uninhibited, to see women be free. Um, And so meeting Anya for me was a huge catalyst to not only look deeper into myself, but to also look for opportunities to share that that healing. Like that's something that her and I too have a very, very deep calling for that, that what we're experiencing isn't for us. If we're holding on to it for ourselves and hiding it away, then it isn't truly, it isn't truly worthwhile. We want to share this, these experiences to those that feel called and invited and for whom it is right to walk this path and this journey that they don't need to walk alone. As a guy, and I claim that I'm a different thinking guy than Mm. most of your, I'm not a man's man. I know that for a fact. Um, I have this empathy and gentleness and kindness that goes with me, but I can never imagine males being able to feel this kind of closeness Mm. with each other. And it makes me a little envious, quite frankly, because I've often said I'd make a great person to have on a girl's night out. And I'm not I'm not kidding when I say that, because I like to talk about things that are meaningful and I don't need to talk about the last baseball game or the last football game. I want to talk about feelings and and what makes us who we are. And to me, those kind of conversations and conversations with, dare I say it, passion predominantly belong Mm. to women. Mm. And that's a real shame, but you're not wrong. You know, I mean, there are a handful of men that I've encountered in my life that have the capacity or willingness or inclination to go there easily, right? I think it can be cultivated in men. I know men who are doing the work to cultivate that type of, you know, kind of understanding of self emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, sexually, all of the things. But I think that is something that comes with sisterhood and it comes with sisterhood because of the history of sisterhood and Mm. the genesis of how this all went for women at least over the last hundreds of years as we've been in patriarchal society that Mm -hmm. if we as the non-dominant group of people did not have one another to go to the red tent with and to celebrate birth with and to be there holding each other's hair in these pivotal moments of life and death, that nobody would be there with us. And if we couldn't do that for one another, then we are completely alone and suffering it. And so here we are on this dawning of what I believe, and I know that Scarlett deeply believes is an enormous shift in our world in the sense that there is a calling back to 
the sisters, to the mothers, to the mother, the maiden, and the crone in our lives of bringing that wisdom back and of celebrating it in a new way. And this is not about, you know, I think (laughs) Scarlett and I are both here to say, yeah, let's peg the patriarchy. Let's topple it. Let's smash it. Like all of that, but not men. We love men. This is not about men, Mm -hmm. bad women, good, but it is about a recognition and a celebration of women that hasn't been had in a very long time outside of our own women's circles. And what we have been delighted to see, at least we think what we're seeing, is that there are a lot of men in our lives who are celebratory of this. We have both gotten messages from husbands and male-bodied partners of some of our sisters that are telling us thank you for doing something like this because I've never seen her shine so bright. I've never Mm. seen her get as in touch with herself, you know, all of these aspects and pieces that come alive when sisterhood is created. And so you're right. I, it is something to be a little bit jealous of, but it doesn't mean it can't exist. It just has to be conceived of in a new way for men probably, but yeah, it's, it's rich. It's beautiful and it's rich. And Scarlett, I will tell you that when it goes to patriarchal things, I was born into a family that was 50s household because my mom stayed home. My dad did the work, but my mom also made a life of her own because she had come from a life of very high society and was very well known for being who she was. She didn't need my dad to be famous. And I think because I was brought up in that atmosphere and moving forward, I have a hard time imagining, and I know it exists, so I'm not a denier of the patriarchy, but it's like, why the hell did it happen in the first place? (laughs) Mm. I mean, women are beings to be celebrated and i hate the fact and it's not that i'm this feminist standing up going yes i'm a male who's feminist af but i can't imagine a world that's right that has anybody feeling subjugated to another Hmm. i i can't see that and maybe it's because i have something wrong with me or something very right with me. I'm so grateful that you, you shared that experience you had growing up those formative experiences for you. I can, um, I can relate uh, in that my mother too was, um, you know, a a very powerful woman. Uh, You know, she um, was a professional uh, at an age when only, you know, her graduating class and her doctoral class was only 10% women. Um, so I had a very inspiring role model to look up to. And my mother was the breadwinner in my family, uh, which was, you know, again, a formative experience for me. Um, you know, Anya was talking about holy feminine rage earlier, destructive, burn it down rage. And right now we are seeing um, attacks on women's rights, on women's bodily autonomy, on our capacity 
Uh, I mean, in the state that I live in, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about a post-Roe world. Well, it's been that way in my state for nearly, uh, for over a year. It's It's been uh, devastating to the woman living in my state. And so, uh, as Anya said, we share a belief that there is a shift happening um, and that, you know, the old paradigms of power are doing everything they can to hang on to the status quo for dear life. Um, however, that shift is inevitable. And, you know, the men that I most respect in my life are those that are not threatened by their inner femininity, are those that are in touch with their inner femininity, because each of us, and I know Anya and I both share this belief, have masculine and feminine within us. Um, and so those men that are deeply unafraid of and unshamed by their feminine parts of themselves. Um, it's one of the things that drew me most to cuckoldry, to be quite honest with you, is the fact that it is so counter the toxic notion of masculinity that seeks to possess a woman's sexuality, to cloister it away. And cuckoldry is a dynamic that when expressed with um, you know, trust and intimacy and love is a dynamic that does exactly the opposite. And the men who, uh, you know, cherish that, that freedom that their wife or, or female partner is able to experience, um, you know, they, most of them, once the, the gentlemen that I know are deeply in touch with their femininity. Um, and so I've always been drawn to those men who, understand that like we are all varying parts uh and there is no part of us in our sexual desires in our uh you know in our cognition in our spirituality there's no part of us that is wrong or bad there is no, no part of us that needs to be locked away with the key thrown away you know that's not the case at all um so thank you for sharing that john I think you're one of those I men. Have. I just get that impression. And I <laughs> appreciate that in you. Yeah. And sometimes I get too vulnerable on my podcast. Heaven knows I got vulnerable on mm. Anya's. Mm. Um, I almost feel like it makes me misunderstood mm. a lot when it comes to trying to find a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I spend most of my time apologizing for what everybody else is doing <laughs> to that. Yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't do nasty things to people just because I'm the man and that's <laughs> why. But I read the stories and I hear the stories and I'm like, damn it, guys, why do you have to be so stupid? <laughs> And I'm getting off topic here, but I'm wanting to bring it back to this sisterhood that you're talking about, which is, I believe that in the male psyche, the destination is the goal. Okay. Whereas in feminine energy, the journey is just as important as the destination, if not no, more so. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I mean, there is not really a destination. John, what you were just describing, if you don't mind, Anya, like what you were just describing about um, the vulnerability you express and wondering how that affects, um, you know, your capacity within a a relationship. I couldn't help but so strongly identify with you uh, because as a woman who has been connected with my sexuality in, in various capacities throughout my life, a message that I really strongly received was that because I enjoy sex, I'm not worthy of love because sluts are not worthy of love. And no man is going to love or see or respect you as a partner if you find empowerment in your sexuality and if your sexuality isn't something used to, you know, keep him in pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, it, it was just so, such a mirror of one another that, um, you know, I have felt unlovable at points in my life because I enjoyed sex and I thought that that made me inherently bad. And you have had this experience where so many of the women were both harmed by the same thing. It's the same construct that is harming both of us. Um, And I just really wanted to highlight that because that's exactly what we are seeking to dismantle for women and femme identifying folks in this sisterhood. And so as women realize that they are worthy of love, um, you know, and sexual empowerment, however that looks for them. Um, I think that, you know, it, women will have stronger boundaries and women will be hurt less. That's our goal. Um, and so hopefully that will produce women who are not as harmed and hurt by, by these things. So I just wanted to, to say that because that was really powerful what you just shared. And women deserve to be honored. And that's not the voice of a submissive man. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is the voice of somebody who understands the hard work that it takes to be a human, let alone a woman. And I'll share something that I have not shared on the podcast is that I used to work with collegiate athletes. And I would work where they said football and men's basketball are your concentration. They're the ones that make money. They're the ones you have to put the concentration on. Yet I did my hardest work for volleyball, gymnastics, and women's basketball. And some cynical people would go, yeah, of course you did it for gymnastics. They wear spandex all the time. I was able to separate (laughs) that, thankfully. But here's what I saw. I saw women who genuinely have a passion for the game and a passion for the journey, working twice as hard as the guys who just wanted to become famous from it. The women didn't care about the fame for the most part. They cared about lifting up everyone around them, which is why women's teams usually had the best GPA 
why women's team understand sportsmanship for the most part. And I had to defend myself because I did harder work for the women's <laughs> teams. And they said, oh, there's got to be an agenda here. Why would a guy do that? It's because women have this passion within them. And this is what gets back to what we're talking about here. Mm. Women have a passion within them that is based on that passion and not that passion trying to get for something, a destination, mm. so to speak. You love what you love and you love hard. Yeah. I mean, I think I hear a couple of threads that I want to pull on that. So Please. one is the magnetism of women when they're in their power and in their worth and when they are committing themselves to the journey that isn't destination based. Um you are, you're, you're drawn to it. You're drawn to watching, you're drawn to see their commitment. You're drawn to becoming in support of that. And it's because it is a magnetic thing that they're putting out there. And I think that this aspect of destination is such a fallacy. Like there really, there really isn't. I mean, the whole purpose of our existence is the journey right? And it doesn't matter what your belief structure is or anything like that. We're all here living on this earth. We have a finite amount of time in this body, regardless of whether you believe that there have been bodies before and bodies after that you are embodying. This particular existence has a finite period of time and you are not going to conquer everything in it, but the journey that you are constantly taking in it is the point. And as Scarlett mentioned earlier, when we first conceived of Slut Sisters, it was definitely more of like, it, it, was, it was prototype A, right? And we're not even fully launched yet. And we're probably in prototype D already. And we'll mm -hmm. see what evolves and what the destination or what the journey continues to look like. Because even once we launch, there's no destination there. It's going to continue to ship shaped, shift shape and evolve based on who's at the table. And our table is infinite. You know, at this moment yes. in time, we talk about slut sisters and let's just say slut stands for sexually liberated, unshamed and transformed women, femme identifying folk. It could end up changing, right? It could end up changing down the road. Maybe it won't be limited to femme identifying folk. Maybe it will just be an embodiment and, and anybody who exclaims, you know, sluthood for themselves, who knows? But what that really means, it does not tie to any sort of, you know, vera veracity of your sexuality. It's you could be asexual and be a slut sister. You can yes. be anything and be a slut sister as long as you know what you are and who you are and have empowerment from within around your own sexuality, whatever that is, then you belong, right? Or if you seek to have that, or if you aspire to it, and it is the journey that is going to be something that we're all on together and we're all packing the bags and going together. And so I agree with you wholeheartedly. It is the journey, not the destination. 
And I think for those whom the destination is so important for, be male or female bodied, you do end up realizing that it's all like, it's, it's just fake. It's an illusion. There is mm. nothing really there holding you. The richness mm. along the way of getting to any point is the point, you know? Oh my goodness. And as you were speaking, Anya, I was thinking about our incredible artwork, uh, which is so symbolic and meaningful for us, every piece of it. Um, you know, we are, our seal is a flaming yoni. Uh, so it is, we are putting it right out there. It is a pussy on fire. <laughs> And so that is a really celebratory, like Kundalini energy, burning passion, that passion you were speaking about, John, that's represented there. And then we have an emblem that consists of three women, um, you know, women from various and diverse ethnic backgrounds um, together in sisterhood. And, you know, there being three is very specific because every single woman uh, has had their one really, really close sister uh, who may have been an actual sister, may have been a friend, uh, may have been, you know, a colleague that they could really bond with. Um, but for many of us, that has only been that one relationship. And it may not even be a part of our lives anymore. It may have faded years or decades ago. So we chose three with great purpose that like, there are these three women um, magnifying one another and enhancing one another. And then uh, our final piece of artwork is a double-headed snake, um, which the snake has long been associated with female sexuality. Uh, and so, you know, we definitely wanted to have something that women could wear uh, you know, you may not need to walk to the grocery store with a flaming pussy t-shirt, but <laughs> you can, I mean, or you may, depending on the day, right. <laughs> but uh, we also wanted something. To use the Seinfeld term, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> not that there was anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. We celebrate that. We want to see pictures, but uh, we also have this incredible sacred geometry, double-headed snake to signify these slut sisters. Mm. Um, and I just think our art is so beautiful and elevated and really speaks to what we are manifesting forth uh, with this community and sisterhood. Mm. So you talk about the fact that you're on prototype mm -hmm. D and there is a lot more to go. When will you know that it's ready to launch? It's ready. I mean, we feel pretty ready and who knows when this will air, but we had a launch date picked and we, we never put it out in the public for whatever reason, but life got really lifey for both of us the last three, four weeks. And, you know, there's just so much happening with summer break and work responsibilities and just life. And so we are ready. We have our ideas of what the community kind of aspects are going to be and it's built out and everything. And right now, actually we're having merchandise made. So we're ready and it will be any, any moment now that we actually push launch. And like I said, like 
iteration upon iteration will happen. But what we are recognizing is there's never the perfect moment and nothing will ever have the bow perfect. And so we are just going to rip that Band-Aid off as soon as we have enough merchandise made and we are ready to be able to support hopefully the droves of women that are coming into the sisterhood. <laughs> as we tape this, it is mid-June. When this airs, it will be mid-July. So, so it may be may launched. Be... <laughs> it may well be launched. And how will people connect with this wonderful movement? Well, we have a number of ways. First of all, our amazing Scarlett is very prolific and very talented with social media in a way that yours truly is not. And so we already have Instagram and in for Instagram, we are the SS Sanctum and we'll make sure you have all this information to put in show notes. On Twitter, we are at the Slut Sisters, I believe. Um, and we can make sure that you have that as well. And Scarlett has also built us um, kind of a, a sign up that you can get more information for. So we're building our mailing list as well. We will have a website launched as part of the launch as well. So there are a number of ways that you can engage with us if you so desire. And we both have email addresses that are just scarlet at slutsisters.org and Anya at slutsisters.org. So you can always find us that way as well. And that is A-I-N-E. That's correct. And I'm scarlet with one T. Yes, uh, a lot of folks add the two T's. I was at a lifestyle event this past weekend and I met Scarlett with two T's mm. and we had to figure out who had come first. It was, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> what kind of comment are we talking um, about? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I said, what kind of coming are we talking about? Oh, oh. oh, oh you were at a lifestyle event. I was, I was, yes. No, I was going to pay her homage, but yeah, maybe that should have come in the form of an orgasm. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, indeed. As, as Anya said, um, you know, one thing I'd like to mention briefly is that um, as we've been sharing that we have been in development with this community and we've been in development for quite a few months, uh, it's really been fascinating talking to folks that believe they have an idea of what Slut Sister is, is. So we've been putting out some posts on our Twitter, uh, just clarifying some things that you do not have to be a promiscuous woman with many, many partners to be in Slut Sisterhood. As mm -mm. Anya said, we accept the full spectrum and we invite and cherish uh, you know, monogamous sluts and asexual sluts and, you know, sluts on hiatus. Uh, we, we accept all forms of, of that because we are retiring slut as a promiscuous woman. That's, that's done and over RIP in the mm -hmm. graveyard. Mm -hmm. uh, slut is sexual liberation, unshamed and transformed. That's what it's going to stand for henceforth. And so um, I just wanted to say you don't have to be in any sort of non-monogamous dynamic uh, like Anya and I. We love unpartnered sluts. We love partnered sluts. We love, you know, sluts that uh, are in all sorts and styles of relationships. Uh, 
and invite you into sisterhood with us. Um, so I just like wanted to make that clear. It's also not a, a group for women who are bisexual. Uh, all tapestries of the beautiful LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, collective, we invite, uh, you know, you welcome, can be heterosexual. Embrace, yes, welcome, embrace in all of your, you know, we, we have built out a beautiful Discord server. And, um, you know, it's very important to us. Inclusivity is a huge value. Um, of our organization. So just wanted to, to put that out there. And if you have, you know, questions, please, please reach out. Um, if you'd like to know more, we are parsing out information uh, bit by bit. And we've shared some things on this podcast that haven't been shared before. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to do that. But yes, reach out to us, send us a DM, sign up for our mailing list. We will be sending out some mailers soon with further information. Uh, and we really do hope that you join us in sisterhood. You can also be as anonymous as you'd like to be mm -hmm. or as open as you'd like to be. Mm -hmm. uh, it's your person. You know, we can definitely have uh, sisters with varying degrees of discretion. We understand that. We uh, have varying we, degrees you know, of discretion. Totally. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, there are not many out there that can understand as well as we do. Um, so thank you, John, for, for bringing us on and allowing us to share this passion project that we are just so brimming with excitement to bring forward. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Friend. Well, you all have been so wonderful to me. It's the least I could do. But you know, when it comes to matters where things are important to, to women and any wonderful humans, you know, um, we'll always be a fan mm -hmm. of that. Scarlett, Anya, thank you so very much. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. These two women are amongst my favorite humans, and I so appreciate them joining me on the show. The conversations get so real when we talk, so it's a joy to share all of that with you. Next week, we have our second ever in-person interview, this one with Temptress Raven Eve. The second segment was done in a way I've never experienced in all my years of broadcasting. Just a lot of great fun with the Temptress Raven Eve next week on the show. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.